Well, praise God. Everybody shake yourself. <laughs> say this with me. Say, wake up, church. Guys, it's time for the church to awaken. This isn't the time for sleeping. This isn't the time for slumbering. This isn't the time to not be paying attention. This is a time to see what God, look around with your spiritual eyes and see what God is doing in the world today. It's time for us to wake up. Let's go right into our first uh, scripture here at 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 through 36. And it says this. It says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. And I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Let me fill in the blanks a little bit for us. Uh, I think most of us know the story, but here's what's actually going on is David was raised from the time of a very young boy because we know in Jewish culture that boys went to work very early. So from a very early age, he was out there in the field tending his father's sheep. And we know that uh, all of the other boys, none of them were tasked with this job because they were all around the house whenever Samuel came to anoint a new king, remember, that all of the other brothers were there at the house. So they probably had easy jobs. Well, David was on the backside of nowhere watching his father's sheep and was stuck with that job. Well, one day his dad calls him and says, David, I've got a job for you that's not just tending sheep. And Dave was probably so excited that he had something else to do besides just staring at these sheep all day. And so his David said, I want you to take food to your brothers who have been, at that time they were, had been commissioned to fight for Israel. So he said, I want you to take, go to the battlefield and take food to your brothers. So he gets there and he sees what's going on here. And this is the conversation that ensued between him and the king. And up to this moment, David did not know that a giant existed. We know that because David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He didn't know what was going on. So when he showed up there, he came up on a scene that he had no idea was going on. But can I tell you that God knew what was going on on that battlefront. And he knew what was going on in David's life leading up to this moment. And God orchestrated this entire event because, let me tell you something, David could just as well as everyone else and would have, uh, just a few days from here, become a slave to the Philistines because nobody there was going to stand up to Goliath. They were going to go into slavery to the Philistines and David would have been affected even though he had no idea what was going on. But God knew... And God brought David to this point, and that was what that was what we just read there in First Samuel. That was what David said to the king. He said, "I was tending my father's sheep, and I killed a lion and a bear to keep them from getting uh, one of the flock." He said, "So I know God is faithful, and I know that the God that I serve will come through if I step out there." And so he said, "This Philistine, this giant." will be no different. So, 
David was just being faithful with what he was entrusted to do, and he ended up on the battlefield, and the whole destiny of the nation was hanging in the balance. Can I tell you that was not a coincidence? Can I tell you that just like Esther, he was brought to the battlefield for just a time as this. There's many stories in the Bible, many accounts in the Bible very similar to this, and Esther is one of them that parallels it quite uh, remarkably because uh, that's what uh, Mordecai had told Esther. So Esther was uh, uh, there, and, and Mordecai, and he, she was brought in, been brought into uh, the, um, the palace, and Mordecai, her uncle, said, who knows that perhaps you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. David had been brought to the battlefield for this moment. But neither Esther nor David's life started in that moment. If you look back over David's life like he gave an account here, he was very faithful with things that weren't even his. If you go back in David's life, you see that he stepped out on a limb and risked his own life for stuff that wasn't even his. It was just entrusted to him. But he put it all on the line because he was faithful with what had been given him. He had no idea that his whole life had been a setup for that moment. That, every, that the bear and the lion were just target practice for the giant. And that everything was leading up to this moment. Everybody say this when you say, God is setting me up. God set David up for this moment. He allowed a lion and a bear to come in and David was faithful. Do you think, let me ask you this, Do you think, does anybody in here think that a young teenage boy could have killed a lion. Okay. Nowadays, you know, we have modern weapons. We have things we could use that we could probably, you know, say, well, yeah, that could happen. Okay. He didn't have any of those things. He said, well, he had a sling. Well, it says here that he took it hold of its beard and killed it. So he killed it with his bare hands. And so we say, no, nah, probably not. Okay, let's make this, just stretch the story a little further, the narrative a little further. He also did, he did a bear the same way. Okay, well, probably not. You know, say, who is this guy? He's just a little kid. So David, we would have never bet on David against a lion. We would have never bet on David against a bear. And we sure wouldn't have bet on him against uh, Goliath. But David knew God. David knew that God had come through for him in little things. So here was a bigger thing. And he said, God will come through for me again. And so he was faithful. He, he went after the lion, got the sheep out of its mouth. Then it says the lion turned on him and he took it by the beard and he killed it. Well, God killed that lion through David. David could not claim victory in that battle no more than he could claim victory in the battle against Goliath. He knew that God had come through for him. And in that moment, his faith went through the roof. If you can imagine this, if you can imagine David attacking, maybe the bear was first, because in my mind I think it's a little bit less dangerous than a lion. But, so maybe the bear attacked first. And so he kills the bear, and he's like, wow, there's no way after the adrenaline settles down, you know, and you get the, your knees start shaking, what just happened? You know, there's no, he came to the realization, there's no way I could have done that without God. And so a lion came up, and he's like, God did it once, God can do it again. So he kills the lion. 
And so by the time he gets to Goliath, he's already seen miraculous power work through him. His faith is through the roof. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this guy? And then the next thing out of his mouth is like, hey, king, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I know I don't look like it, but I've done it, and I'm going to kill him too. So he goes down there with no armor on, just his slingshot, and he takes him down, knocks him out with a rock, and then walks over, pulls his sword out that he could barely even pick up and takes his head off with the sword. And yet many people don't know he carried that head around for a long time. <laughs> I would too, if I mean if I was in that day. Uh, he, I'd get locked up now. Um, so God set him up for that moment. And God is setting you up in the moment that you're in right now, whatever it is that's going on in your life, that's the reason it's time to shake ourselves awake because God is trusting you, things into you in your life. And if you'll be faithful with those things, those things are graduation into something bigger. Those things Will, will increase your faith. When you see God work in the little things, it stretches your faith. And you say, the same God that did that will do this. And then by the time you get to a giant, can I tell you, there is a giant that is threatening our nation right now. And God has called the church, God has called you and me to face that giant. But many of us don't have the faith for it. Because faith comes through faithfulness. When we are faithful with what God has entrusted to us, then our faith grows to the point that we can face, uh, we can face anything. And guys, we, don't, we should never shy away from the battle. Do you know, David, I, I can see, um, I, I don't know what went, I, I'm thinking typical teenage hormones. I, I'm just only th the only thing I can think of the first time he went after a lion or a bear, whichever one it was, and decided he was going to kill this thing. He probably wasn't even thinking, you know, because when I was a teenager, I didn't think about anything. That's the reason I always ended up with my truck underwater or, you know, just weird thing, weird outcomes. And when you have to call somebody, it's like, I don't know what happened. They're just like, yeah, I know what happened. So, um, one time I, I was, I, that story, I was, uh, driving my truck along and I had somebody with me and I, and they were, um, they, they were young and they were just like, and I was, I was going to scare the mess out of them is what I was going to do. And so I'm driving along, uh, the, the old river road, highway seven, uh, that goes to Sparkman, um, in Camden. And I'm driving along there and I knew that there was a road that went off that road and went down parallel with it. So I'm running about 50 and I'm running down that road and we're talking and everything. It got real quiet and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I boom, go off of it. The tires come off the ground, and the next thing I hit was not gravel. It was the Washtar River. The Washtar River had gotten out of its banks. I didn't know it. I mean, I'm not thinking. I'm a teenager. And I just boom into the Washtar River. <laughs> and uh, the next car that drove past, I kid you not, was the sheriff. And that was the most humiliating day of my life, probably, because that sheriff chewed me out. I was so embarrassed. And besides that, my truck, my dad had to come and, and get all the water out of the engine of my truck and everything for me. And it was a mess. But anyway, so I think that's probably how it went. I think David was just like, just went after him. And then after he, the, after he got tangled up with him, there was no backing out, right? And so then he saw God come through. And then he saw God come through again. 
And gradually, God built his faith to the point that he could deliver the entire nation. This one kid. So, so David was just being faithful. Um, <clears throat> let's back up a little bit. You know, we've been talking about Goliath. Let's back up and let's, uh, let's establish something first. I want to tell you something on, on kind of a different note. That there is a battle going on right now that you're probably not aware of. Some of you are. Some of you are not. But there's a battle going on right now in the spirit that coincides with what we see in the physical. Right now, there is something going on in the spirit realm. There's a battle happening. And we cannot get our eyes so fixated on the natural and what's going on in the natural that we miss what's going on in the supernatural world and what is happening there. The spirit world coexist with the physical world that we see around us. And it's so easy, guys. It's so easy for us to get our eyes on what's going on in the news and, uh, and, and let other people tell us what's going on. We have got to be above that. We have got to be able to see with the eyes of the Spirit, hear with the ears of the Spirit, and know what the Spirit is saying to the church. And if we can't, if we, if we get wrapped up in what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our natural ears, we're going to misjudge things. We're going to end up causing more damage to the kingdom of God than good because there are things going on that determine the outcome in the physical. Things going on in the spiritual realm determine what happens in the physical realm. It always happens in the spirit first. And it comes to fruition in the physical let me tell you this, and this, this, this may surprise some of you, but there is a truth that you don't yet believe. None of us have a full appreciation, a full view of the truth. There is truth out there that you don't yet believe, and likewise, there are things that you and I believe today that probably aren't true. So none of us have a full grasp of everything. None of us have a full grasp of the truth. None of us believe every, everything we believe is right. We've all been tainted growing up believing this or allowed ourselves to believe this, allowed ourselves to, um, to, uh, to think this way, or train, our brain to be trained this way. So none of us have a full grasp of the truth. That's just, that's just a fact. But our lifetime mission needs to be that our belief would line up with the truth. We've got to get those to match as best we can. And we have to be willing to put anything that we, the, the, not the basics, not, I mean, there are things that are, that are completely, you can't, that are, we don't even uh, argue about because there are things that we know are truth. But there are details that you've got to be willing to put on the altar at any moment if the Spirit says, that puts his finger and says, that's not the truth. We've got to be willing to put those things on the altar to be able to adjust this to what's going on out here in the spirit world. So, the reality is this. This is a, this is a reality that is a fact. This is true. That there is a demonic giant that is making threats against the church. And just because you don't acknowledge it doesn't make it not true. David could have pretended he didn't even see Goliath and went back home, but he would have still been a slave. 
And right now, there are things that are going on around us that whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth. Like, uh, <laughs> sometimes I have thoughts and I'm like, don't go there, don't go there. But um, uh, the movie Op- uh, Open Range, is that the name of that movie? Is his name Bluebird? What was his name? Bluebird? Blue Bonnet. <laughs> when they're eating the chocolate, it's all melted. He's like, good is good. <laughs> anyway, uh, truth is truth. And just because that you, you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you know, you, that doesn't make it not true. So, all right. So that's the truth. So you can't change reality by what you believe or don't believe. And the problem with unbelief is this. If you don't believe that... If you don't believe that something is going on in the spiritual realm, and it really is, then you will be a victim of it. See, David didn't know that there was a giant, but he would have still been a victim of it. And right now, there, is, there are things going on. There is a lion and there is a bear that is out to steal your destiny and the destiny of the church sheep by sheep. And whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. And if you don't believe it, you're going to be a victim. So, we've got to line up our belief with reality. David would have been under the rule of the Philistines if, if he hadn't showed up that day. So, we aren't focusing on the giant today though. We're going to back up a little bit. We're going to be talking about the lion and we're going to be talking about the bear. We're going to be focusing on the process in David's life that led up to that moment. Because when we just check in at Goliath, we say, who is that kid? Well, we've got to go back in his life and figure out what led up to that moment. So, um, the devil, the Bible says, is seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say may. may. That's a permissive word. Not who he can, but who he may devour. So the devil is looking around seeking whom he may devour. And the number one candidate for someone to have their life devoured by the enemy is somebody who doesn't know he's coming. That's what, uh, in fact, David, the first, the first time, it actually uh, it may have caught David off guard because it says that he chased it down and got the lamb out of its mouth. So obviously, he, he, he got on it too late the first time. But he got the lamb out of its mouth, and that's when it turned on him. So, but we've got to have our spiritual eyes open. We've got to have our spiritual ears open. Because if we don't have ears to hear, we'll never hear the roar. Because the Bible says that he goes about like a roaring lion. You know what that means? That means that he is announcing his arrival. You say, well, I didn't see it coming. Well, didn't you hear the roar? You know, we, there's a lot of uh, worldly believers. They just they're just not hearing the roar until it's too late, and and the, and the devil has stolen things from them. And they're just like, "How did that happen? I didn't see that coming." Well, the Bible says that he's roaring as he's coming. So we've got to train our ears to be able to hear the roar of the enemy and know when he's approaching. He's called us. Uh, God is calling us to be discerning in this time. And to, if we have to put, 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 turn off the news, if we have to stop talking uh, with our relatives about 
politics and about all these things, even if we have to just put all of that aside so we can tune our spiritual ears and say, God, what are you doing? What is really happening today? And because that's what's really a matter. We're going to, I tell you what, if we don't learn to train our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes, then God's going to go this way and we're going to go this way. Because God isn't looking in the natural. God is looking in the supernatural and he has a plan. You can be sure God always has a plan. I know all the soldiers are there like, we're all going to die. You know, it's like, here's this big giant. Nobody's going to go face him. We're all going to die. They're thinking there is no plan, but God had a plan. Because long time before then, you know, 15 years before then, there was a lion and there was a bear. In a little, in a, out in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere, and there was one little kid there. And that was the Savior of Israel for that day. See, God knows what's going on, and God has a plan, and God has planned for it all along. So God is going to have the glory in whatever we're facing. Did you know that? There's nothing that we will face that God will not get the glory out of. The Bible tells us this, that if we love Him, and we're called according to His purpose, you know what that means? That means we're on his train. That means that we are teamed up with Him. If we love Him and we are called according to purpose, then wherever He goes, we're going. That means when He gets the glory, we're right there. When He turns a situation around, we're right in the middle of it. That's why that when we love Him and we are called according to His purpose, that all things will work together for good. Because it's going to work together for good for Him. And we're on His team. So rest assured that whatever we're facing in the world today, God will get glory. He will turn it for good. And I want to be right there with him. I don't know about you, but I want to be right there with him when all this whole thing turns around. I don't want to be over in left field believing this or believing that that doesn't line up with the truth. So, all right. So the devil is seeking whom he may devour. And a worldly believer never hears the roar. But... To a discerning believer, the, the enemy's approach is always obvious. We recognize it. When, it, when he's coming over the, over the crest of the hill, we recognize it. There's an enemy. There's an enemy coming. And we prepare ourselves spiritually. And we go to battle. It never catches us off guard if we're discerning. So, you know, they say, I know y'all heard this analogy before, but there are people uh, in, the, in the U.S. government that they, all they do is uh, they spot counterfeit bills. And I know y'all have heard this before, but if you studied, only studied counterfeit bills, you would miss a few. Because all the nuances would be different. Every time somebody makes uh, a mistake when they're counterfeiting a bill, it's not going to be the same mistake somebody else made. Am I, is, that, is that clear? So, um, so what they do is they study the genuine article. And they learn the real thing uh, so well that they're able to spot something that's not right. So can I tell you this today? I'm going to take the pressure off of you. You don't have to learn the devil's tactics. You say, well, how do I know that that's a devil? How do I know when he's coming? How do I? You don't even have to know. You don't even have to, to learn that. All you have to do is learn the voice of Jesus. Because Jesus said that my sheep know my voice, and the voice of another they won't follow. So you say, well, how do I know that's a devil? How do I know this? How do I know, that? How do I know what to believe? All you have to do is learn the voice of Jesus. You've got to learn the genuine article because I tell you, the devil's tactic will change according to opportunity. The devil has the same, but God never changes. 
God is always the same. He's the same. What he did before, he'll do today. So if, he, if he's ever done it, he'll do it again. And so you know that God is faithful and constant and true. But the enemy is all over the place. So you can't be trying to figure out, what's he doing now? What's he doing now? You just get as close as you can to Jesus. And you learn his voice so that when he speaks... see You, you see, the Bible says that the devil will appear as an angel of light. But that won't throw us off, will it? Because we know his voice. You know, he may appear as an angel of light, but when he opens his mouth, it's like, eh, something ain't right there. You know what I'm saying? We've got to learn his voice. We've got to learn what he says. And I tell you what, a lot of Christians today are saying things that seem right about what's going on. But if you think about what would come out of Jesus' mouth about that, it doesn't line up. See, we've got to adjust our thinking, our belief to the truth. All right. So, through this time that we're in, there are Christians who don't know the voice of Jesus and they aren't able to recognize the roar of the enemy because of that. So they're literally, in that moment, they're literally volunteering their life to be consumed by the enemy. See, he's, he's going around seeing who, seeking whom he may devour. So who would he uh, most likely try to devour? Well, it would be somebody that doesn't know he's coming. And here's the thing. If David has not defended the flock for that one lamb, he would have been back. The devil is not done until there's nothing left. The devil came to steal, to kill, to destroy. Do you see that that is, um, that is progressive? He comes to steal the lamb. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy, completely obliterate. He's not happy until everything's gone. And the Bible says that when, you, when a strong man is cast out of a house, that you're supposed to sweep the house clean because he's going to go and get all of his buddies and come back. Do y'all remember that in the Bible? So we have got to not let him get away with one thing. It's just like when you, you, you ever seen an ant in your house? Kill that thing. Because that's a scout. He's looking for food. And if he finds it, he'll bring his buddies with him. How many of you know that? Yeah, I know that. One time, when we first moved in our, uh, our last house, when we first moved in there, no, it was before we moved in. We already closed on the house and everything. I go in just to check it out, you know. And uh, we're, we're going to move in like the next day. And I walk in and I'm like, what in the world? The, half the living room, I thought it was black mold. I'm like, half the living room was just like moldy looking. And I'm just like, how did that happen overnight? I was just here. And so I walk over and, you know, to, to kind of touch it and it moved. And literally an entire wall and part of the ceiling was black with ants. And they were in the walls. They had already eaten all the wood. They, they don't actually eat the wood. They like ex- excavate the wood. I, I learned so much about ants. They excavate the wood so they can lay their eggs in there and everything. Well, by the time we took that wall out, I mean, there, it, was just, it was just spongy. The wood just like, you could just pull the wood out. And, uh, and so, but before that happened, there was a scout. And I can I tell you that in your life, you can't let the devil get away with anything. Because he's not going to be satisfied with one little lamb. He's going to come back for more. So you've got to stand up. Now here's the good news. 
David couldn't kill that lion or that bear any, any more than you could stand against the enemy. But God did it through him. And if you're faithful, God will do it through you too. And you say, this enemy's too big, this enemy's already in here. God will do what needs to be done for him to receive glory in your life. So stand and know that God is going to have the outcome. So, a believer that knows the voice of Jesus hears the roar of the enemy right uh, now in this time that we're in more than they've ever heard it because right now the devil is roaring louder than he's ever roared. And to us, he's just, to, to a discerning believer, he's just giving away his position. He's announcing his arrival. And can I tell you, his roar right now is probably a roar of frustration because everything that he's trying to do right now is turning. Have you seen it? Hey, have you seen in the spirit enough to see the tide turn? Have you seen enough to see that the devil is getting frustrated? He's played uh, most of his hand. He's played most of his hand. And God is right now in the process of building his church. God is in the process right now of refining his church. And God is, is, is getting glory right now of what the devil has been trying to do in this time. So, so but right now... Um, there is a lion and there is a bear that has been assigned to your life. And we do look around us and we do see people that are falling away. Now I'm not talking about people who choose to listen to watch church on Facebook Live instead of being here. I'm not talking about that. I'm not even getting into that. What I'm saying is this. There are people who may say they're watching Facebook Live that aren't. There are people who are using this as an out because they don't value the, the little things that God has given them to do. They don't value it enough to be faithful. And, I got, I, and what breaks my heart isn't that they're not here. What breaks my heart is that everything that came against them to pull them out was a setup of God to take them into their destiny. And every opposition that they would have faced and conquered could have launched them into what God had for their life. So it's not just, oh, you know, they're not here or whatever. It's a wasted destiny. See, God never creates anything without a purpose. And when God created any of us in this room, He already thought, thought it through. And he already imagined a destiny, just like for David. You know, David's life didn't stop at the giant. Did you know that? That wasn't the end of it. That was just the last big thing before he walked into his destiny to be the greatest king that Israel's ever had. So what breaks my heart is when people allow the bear and the lion to begin to steal things out of their life and they never stand up to them and they end up in a place where everything that had to do that every every tool that God gave them to launch them into their destiny had been taken away has been taken away and that's a very hopeless place to be now we serve a merciful God a gracious God and the bible says that he will um he will give back everything that's been stolen the bible says that he is um 
He is merciful and He is gracious and, and He will reestablish you. But guys, I just want to keep going. I just want to keep going forward in what God has for me. So, um, right now there is a lion and there's a bear that's probably assigned to you in your life. And there is a giant whose head you are destined to take off. So sure, there's a lion, there's a bear, but that's not your destiny. Because there is a giant on the other side whose your destiny is to take his head off. And the lion and the bear are just target practice. The lion and the bear are just faith builders in your life. God has, has let those things come in and He's given you the, the power. He's given you everything you need to defeat those things in your life. But if you don't go head to head with the little things that are attacking the little things in your life, then you're not going to be equipped to face the big things when it comes. See, David had the faith for Goliath because it was built with the lion and the bear. So the little, everybody say little things matter. We can't back up when the lion and the bear attack. We as a church are destined to eliminate demonic giants. Jesus promised, as it said, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So you can't lose. Anything that comes against you, you can face and you can't lose. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Um, one time there was a uh, I came home and there was a, the, the people behind us had a um, I think it wasn't a, what are they called a boxer it was a boxer wasn't it so um, so this boxer who lived next door had gotten out and we had been gone for a while we had a dog his name was Biscuit People got mad about, uh, I mean, people, uh, animal lovers, and we loved Biscuit, but people, animal lovers got really angry with us about Biscuit because he was a Shih Tzu. He's supposed to be in the house, right? He hated being in the house. We tried to bring him into the house, but he was raised outside. So we tried to bring him in the house. He ripped all the blinds off the windows while we were gone. He's trying to get out. And so and there was like slobber and scratches all over the windows, you know. And so... He, he loved being outside. Now, he's not, he wasn't made to be outside in the hot Arkansas summers, you know. He had long fur, and we had to shave him, and they look funny when you shave them. And, uh, and so, but he, so he was always had, like, naps and stuff, you know, because you can't keep a dog shaved, you know. And so, uh, and he had missing teeth, and so his teeth overlapped weird and stuff. I got to be honest. I mean, we love Biscuit, but he was, he was ugly. He was one of the ugliest dogs I've ever seen. And, uh, but he was, you know, you ever had a, a, a pet so ugly that it was cute? So, um, but anyway, so I came home. I was always aggravated with Biscuit, but I came home and that boxer had Biscuit in my carport and Biscuit was bleeding. He had him pinned down and holding him down and he was bleeding and he had been cut up and everything and that boxer was about to kill um, Biscuit. And something snapped. I mean, y'all, 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 <laughs> there's something that's in, I don't know if it's a woman thing too, but it's definitely a man thing, um, that if, uh, just certain things, it's like, that's my dog. You know, I don't like that dog, but it's my dog. You know what I'm saying? And so there was a, uh, a forearm. I can't matter, I remember if I used the forearm or if I used my foot, but, um, but that boxer traveled 
Can I tell you? Um, but uh, I was so mad that I didn't even think about this is a dangerous dog. I just, I just, I just, something, something just switched. We've got to have that attitude. I imagine that's how David felt. We've got to have that attitude where it's just like, no, that's entrusted to me and you can't have it. And then just adrenaline kicks in. I, I need, we need as the church to have that same attitude with anything that's trying to steal from our life, to steal anything that our Father has entrusted us to oversee. And so, uh, just the way that I felt about that, that, uh, that boxer, that's the attitude we've got to have. So let me ask you this, what are the lions and the bears in your life? For David, a lion and a bear threatened to consume the sheep that had been placed in his care. But there are things right now that have been placed in your care. That God has given you and me to oversee, to take care of. And it may just be really basic things. Um, and those are the things that God has asked us to be faithful in. Uh, staying connected to the church. How do I know that right now is graduation time and that we're, the church is called to go on to the next thing? Because there's attack against staying connected with the church. And it's very easy to not be connected with the church right now. That's where the attack is. See, this is what's going on in the Spirit. Can I tell you? That there's an attack against you staying connected with the body of Christ. And it's very easy right now to say, I'm just going to watch it on TV or whatever, or, you know, I'm not going to be around people. You know, I understand all those things. But we've got to have a heart that I'm going to stay connected to the body of Christ because that's one of the sheep that God has put in my flock to take care of. He has commissioned me to do that. So, what else? Praying every day. Um, I need, I'm a schedule guy. So, I need to wake up at a certain time every day, and this time to this time is my prayer time. And if I don't have that, like if, when the kids aren't in school, my schedule goes out the window. And it's just like, and then I'll wake up just in time to go to work, and then nothing goes right. You know what I'm saying? So, we've got to protect that time with God because he said prayer pray continually he said that we've got to spend time in his presence and so he's given us that to watch over and to take care of and the devil the lion and the bear would take like nothing more to come and take that lamb out of your life fasting yeah fasting have you ever tried to fast during a quarantine that's impossible. You know how you fast easily? You stay busy all day at work or something like that. When you stay home, that ain't, it's, it's difficult. It's a lot more of a sacrifice. So, but fasting is some, it's one of those things. Giving. Giving is one of those things. Having a giving heart. Tithing. All of those things. Those are things that God has given every believer to do. It's been placed in your care. Maybe some of us maybe have been entrusted with more. Uh, maybe you work at a job where some of your co-workers really need Jesus and you think that God is trying to punish you <laughs> because he's put you at this job. But really, God has, God has put you in, the, in there with a, a lion and a bear because he knows that you can lead them to Christ. And guys, just like David had no idea that he was going to be able to kill that lion and that bear, you have no idea the words that can come out of your mouth when you under the anointing, after you've prayed and you've done the, what you need to do, when you show up there and you begin to talk to someone about Jesus and you step out and you do that, 
you don't even know what the Holy Spirit can do through you. But you would if you were faithful with that. Don't let anything steal that opportunity from you. Um, maybe you have neighbors that need Jesus. That's all of us, I think. Everybody's got that neighbor. Um, an opportunity to serve at church. And um, guys, I want to tell you, one of the most basic building blocks of your faith is honor. And honor is this. Honor is I don't need ownership. David never said, I take care of those sheep because I believe they're mine. He knew they weren't his sheep. They were, knew, he knew they were his father's sheep. So right now, we've got to be able to serve the way somebody else wants us to serve. It was like, well, I like to do it this way. Well, that's fine. And maybe one day you'll graduate to being able to do it that, that way. Um, I, man, it's... I'm finally at the age now where people, kids coming out of school, kids come, I say kids when they're coming out of college. So they'll come out of college and they'll be like, I, you know, and they have this attitude like I'm going to the top. I'm not going to stop anywhere in between. I'm just going straight to the top. And it's like, mm, no, you're not. And maybe you will, but you'll be right back here at the bottom before long. You know what I'm saying? See, God is about building blocks. God is about putting your life together in such a way, building you in such a way that when you're faithful with everything that he's given you to do, that you find yourself standing before a Goliath and you say, I know he was with me with the lion and with the bear. I know he's going to be with me right now. So <clears throat> let's go to Luke 16, 12 really quick. It says this, And if you haven't been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Faithfulness is proven when the lion and the bear show up. The, the lion and the bear weren't after David. Did you notice that? They were after the sheep. And they weren't even his sheep, but they were his responsibility. And his father has entrusted them to him. So right now, the church and in your life, we are in a proven season. Proving season. This is a season of proving this is a season when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's a promise out of the Bible for the end times. And that's where we're at. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You have demonic lions and bears that are sneaking into people's lives, into your life, into my life, and trying to steal God's destiny from us one responsibility at a time. And they aren't after you and they're not after me. They're after the things that your Father has entrusted to you because those are the things that lead up to the defeat of His giant. Did everybody follow that? That he's not after you. He's after the things that your father has entrusted to you because when you're faithful with those things, that leads you to killing his giant. There's a giant in this land, guys, and his head needs to come off. There's a few of them. And the church has been called to do that. But we've got to be faithful with the little things leading up to that. We can't just jump, skip straight to the end. So the enemy right now... <clears throat> is testing our faithfulness. And if we yield, He will take it all, including our destiny. David was trained with his father's sheep, and he didn't lose any. <clears throat> then God gave him a chance to face the giant. And when he saved God's flock from the giant, God knew He could rule. God led him through that process. Lion, bear, giant, throne. <clears throat> Destiny. We 
a lot of times we get a word from God and we're just like, okay, God, whenever that happens, <clears throat> I'm just going to keep going on. I've been taught that. I've, I've actually had people tell me that, <clears throat> and I thought it was right, but now I'm, I'm, I'm questioning that. They said, you just go on with your normal life. What do I do? I got this word. It doesn't make sense or whatever. You just go on with your normal life. And then when it's God's timing, he'll bring it. <clears throat> That's not entirely true, I don't think. I don't think you go on with your normal life. I think you take it up a notch. I think you say, I'm going to be faithful in everything that God has given me because I want to be where God has destined me to be. I don't want to miss any of the steps. So you and I were called to rule, but there is a process. Faithfulness to protect what's entrusted to you. When we're faithful, it leads to faith to kill giants, which leads to greater authority. Everybody say, God is setting me up, but I got to stay woke up. There is more. There is so much more. Don't sit here this morning and think that this is it. Don't look at your life and say, I'm just on cruise control. No. God will get glory in your life. There is a destiny for you. But let me ask you right now, what's been entrusted to you? And then what has been sent to steal it? And third question, what are you going to do about it? Let's stand to our feet today. If you're in here this morning, and there's been a complacency that's crept into your life. And guys, uh, there's so many areas of my life. It would be, I, I think if somebody said, no, I'm, I'm red hot on fire in every part of my life right now. Guys, I know the season we're in. I know that that's <laughs> probably not true. I know that right now, because I know there's things in my life where, I, where complacency has set in. But if you're in here right now and you say, yes, I want to be a part of what God is doing in the earth because I do believe that it's for now. I believe we're on the cusp of something incredible as the church. And you say, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to... I don't want to follow a detour and miss what God is doing. I want to stay focused. I want to stay awake. I want to stay intent with my ears and eyes tuned to what the Spirit is doing and saying. If that's you this morning, I just want to challenge you to take a step right here because it's important for us to not say, yeah, that's me, and then just walk out because it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go on a diet and exercise every day, and then we go, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's the same principle. There has to be a defining moment. So right now, if that's you, I want to invite you to just take steps forward into this altar. And uh, we're going to have people pray. Uh, they're not going to lay hands on you, but they're just going to pray uh, for you. But if that's you, I want you to come forward to this altar. And then we're all going to pray together for God to light the fire under us again, to wake us up, to shake us awake, so that we will be ready for what God is doing in the earth. If that's you, I want to encourage you to step forward and receive prayer in Jesus' name.